It's good to be here. It's good to see you all. Today, <clears throat> what I want to talk about is a topic that's it's not really easy to talk about. I actually, uh, when I was asked to preach here, I, I kind of had this topic in my mind a little bit. And I was like, man, is it really right? Is it, should I really talk about it? You know, uh, I talked to one of my mentors this week. I talked to one of my uh, friend, my good friends the, the, this week specifically about this topic. And I was like, what do you guys think? Should I speak about it? Uh, because I've, I've had some notes on it. I haven't really developed a sermon on it. But it was just something that I was struggling with when I was kind of in your, uh, when I was in your age group, uh, like, you know, early to late teens, uh, early kind of 20s to mid 20s. And I still struggle with it. But especially in that age, kind of when I was a young adult and when I was a teenager, I was really, really struggling with it, right? And I was thinking, like, man, should I talk about it? And I talked to my mentor. I talked to, uh, I talked to my friend. And they were like, you know, if, if you feel it on your heart, then that, that's maybe that's something that you should share. But I kind of felt like, but just be careful. You know what I mean? Just kind of be careful because it's, it's, it's not something that we as Christians don't want to. It's something that we as Christians don't really talk about. Um, and it's something that we're kind of almost um, kind of ashamed, kind of guilty to talk about it. Because I know that I'm even kind of, when this happens to me, I kind of feel ashamed and I feel uh, guilty as well. But when I look back, when I look back personally at my life, and, 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 and this particular subject, this is what we're, what we're going to be talking about actually, I found out talking to my mentor and talking to my friend that not everybody struggles with it actually. So you might be here and you now and you might not be struggling with it and that is just so so amazing. That's what I want to say. That is so amazing. I know uh, one of uh, a great speakers that I used to listen to, he's already in heaven, Rabbi Zacharias. He also said that he did not struggle with this. But me personally I did. I don't know. I just did. That's what I got to tell you. I just did. So this, though, helped me become who I am today. And looking back, when I went through these certain things in my life, it strengthened me and it actually made me mature in Christ further and further. And what I want to speak about today is doubt. You guys were expecting something worse, huh? But doubt is not that good either. Doubt is not a good thing. It is not, it's a very dangerous thing. We were hearing about tools, right? How tools are, you know, you really need to have your tools for sure. And if you have doubts sometimes, when people get injured, you know, in, in sports and in, uh, in their jobs or something, it's because they doubted something. They weren't 100% confident in something that they were doing. Doubt is dangerous. And uh, that's what I want to talk with you about today. And Christians have doubt, right? It's not a good feeling. I think that uh, doubt, doubt is like one of the worst spiritual battles internally a Christian can have. It's one of the worst battles that they could have. And, uh, and that's something that I could just speak like for my personal life, especially like when I was in college and I'd taken a lot of classes, being just slammed with uh, schoolwork, um, 
it's, it's a man, it's tough. It's tough. And it could beat you down really hard, but there is a way out. Amen. And, um, some people, they're, they're, they're afraid to acknowledge, right? They're afraid to acknowledge because it's not something that we should be boasting about, and that's true. Doubt is not something that we should be boasting about, but doubt is outlined in the Bible, and we see stories of doubt outlined in the Bible. And the greatest thing is that we see doubt overcome, right? The way that I see it is that there's two types of doubt. There's doubt that comes into your heart, and this is the worst part of doubt, right? There's doubt that comes into your heart, and it leads you to unbelief. And I hope that that's something that none of you ever, ever experienced, because that's a very dangerous place to be. And I hope that maybe this word tonight gives you a little bit of encouragement, and I hope that you continue to seek a way out of that. The doubt that is good is the doubt that leads you to strengthen your faith. And that's where I hope that we're going to be going tonight. There's going to be three examples that I'm going to bring up tonight. It's going to be the people of Israel in the desert and the golden calf. We'll talk about John the Baptist, and we'll also talk about Mary Mother of Jesus. So those are kind of three examples. I kind of outlined it, right? <clears throat> so Israel, right? So we all know the story, right? Uh, Moses and Israel. Israel was enslaved in Egypt. And uh, they were crying out to God. And God whole, heard their cries and remember the promises that he had with Israel. And so he does something incredible in Israel, Right? He gives them freedom, but he gives them freedom first through uh, 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 these uh, ten plagues that we call them, right? But they were, I mean, they were the mighty work of God, right? They were the mighty work of God. And then he takes them, and then he leads them out of Egypt, and, there was, and he leads them with a, uh, with a pillar of fire, right? He leads them with a pillar of fire. They come to the Red Sea, and he splits the sea, so they walk through it. So... Just think about this. So the people of Israel have seen all of these miracles in their life. They saw the ten uh, plagues. They saw how God was leading them. They saw how the sea split. I mean, come on, who would have doubt? Would anybody have doubt if they saw that? I mean, come on. But thing to underline is that seeing miracles doesn't mean that you're not going to have doubt. There has to be something more than that. And actually, when we read in the Bible, seeing miracles has nothing to do about getting rid of your doubt. When we think about it, like, yeah, no, if I seen that, then that is for sure I would not have doubt. But when we read in the Bible, when we see the experiences that people were going through, seeing did not help them get through their doubt. So let's open up to Exodus, Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 4. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, 
<clears throat> Make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what, he, what has become of him. Sir Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold they were, uh, that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a, gold, a golden calf. And they said, so these are the Jews, the ones that saw what God was doing. And, they, and then they said, these are, these are our gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So they see everything that's going on. They see how God's working through Moses. They are seeing all these miracles. And here Moses goes up to the mountain, and he's not back, right? We were talking about patience a little bit today. Joe was, right? So they're impatient. They're like, okay, whatever. We don't know what's up with him. We need, a, we need, we need to go somewhere else. We don't know this. We, we, you know, we don't know what's going on. We need to go somewhere else. And they go to Aaron. They say, make us a God. Make us a God. They doubted the existence of their God. They doubted the holiness of their God. And they said, come and make us something else. Again, seeing miracles, seeing amazing things happen doesn't mean that you're, gonna, uh, that, that, that you're not going to doubt. Another thing to underline here about the people of Israel, right, is that the people of Israel, where were they? They were in the wilderness, right? They were in an area, in a time in their lives that it was not easy, right? They constantly had to move. They didn't know what, you know, what, what, where, where exactly they were going to establish their, their I mean, they, they knew from what Moses was telling them, but they, they didn't know how long they're going to be in this wilderness. When are they going to get to that promised land? What's going on? They're in this kind of difficult situation with their families, with all their tribes moving. These millions of people are just constantly moving. It's a difficult time for them, right? They're in this desert. They don't have all the comforts of maybe they would have had back in Egypt at home when they were even slaves. But here they're in the wilderness. Here they're in the wilderness going through a difficult time in their lives. Thing to underline, right? What's happening in your life? And here they doubt God and they say, make us another God. They doubt, not, not looking at the area that they're in in their life. But they doubt God because what Joe was already saying today, today, right, about impatience. Where is this Moses? But most importantly, when we're talking about this situation in Israel, is that they did not have a relationship with God. They had a relationship with Moses. That's why they said, where's Moses? So the reason that the people of Israel doubted is because their faith or their trust or their understanding was in a man. I have close relatives to mine. They went to a church. And this happens all the time. They used to go here. They don't go here anymore. Um, 
they're, I guess you could say church hoppers, and they went to a church not too far away from here, and then something happened to that head pastor. Terrible thing. I would not want that, any kind of thing to happen to anybody, right? But something happened to that person. And that person just turned out the evidence or the allegations that came up against him were pretty bad. And they just, these people, they just stopped going. They're like, no. Look at this guy, man. He was so good. He was the preacher, and he did so much good. But look what he lived in his, in, 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 in his personal life. Look what the things that he did in his personal life. And then they doubted the holiness of God. They doubted the importance of coming and, and, and being among fellow believers. Because what happens is when we look at people, when we look at people, People will always fail us. And so if you're thinking, why am I doubting? What's going on? Well, who are you waiting for? Are you waiting for God? Are you searching for God? Or are you searching for Moses? Are you, are, 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 are you waiting for Moses? Who are you waiting for? What are you searching for? Because if you're searching for God, I believe that scripture that we read today in, in the beginning, right, that you will find that it will be open to you. But again, there's also that patience, right? There's also that patience. So what do I need to do then? What do I need to do so that I'm not like the people of Israel? How much time, when do you guys end? Oh, okay. Because... Somebody told me I had 40 minutes, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll finish. I'll, I'll kind of skim through. Uh, being the last speaker, I've, I've got, and now I'm sidetracking, whatever. <laughs> um, so what do we need to do? We have to build our relationship with God. You know, one thing that when I was growing up, I'm still growing up, but when I was like, in your guys' age, I guess I could say. I'm not, I mean, I'm not super old. I'm like 30, so I don't know if that's old or not to you. But um, I know like when I was, um, I want to say I was probably maybe like 21, right? And I had this, this one question, but several questions, but one question that was really bothering me in regards to my spiritual life. And there was a little bit of doubt that was starting to build within me, right? And I went up to a guy that I looked up to, a pastor, and uh, I kind of, you know, talked to him. And don't get me wrong, there was a lot of wisdom that was there that he shared to me. But in essence, the solution was, and I hated these answers when I was young, by the way, but now they're the greatest answers, and I love them. He just kind of summed it up as, pray more and read the Bible more. I was like, what? Come on. I mean, I didn't do that in front of him, but I was like, okay, same old answer. But there is so much truth in that answer. Because looking at Israel, right? Just looking at Israel, right? To have a relationship with God, to have a relationship with God, is you have to communicate with God. Right? I love this one preacher. He was telling me, well, not... I was, I was watching him, and he was saying, you know, I get asked a lot, how can you believe in God? He's not real. And he's like, sometimes when I'm in a dry spell, when I'm in the wilderness, I almost don't have an answer. 
I almost keep my mouth shut. But he said, when I'm in a close fellowship with God, when I'm in my word, when I'm praying, when I'm worshiping, when I'm coming to these kind of services, when somebody says that, hey, how can you believe in God? Your God doesn't exist. I say, how? When I just spoke to him, I just seen him, I just felt him. And he goes, you know, your mom did it doesn't exist because I did not speak to her. I did not see her. Because that's how real God is to somebody that is reading the scripture, that is in prayer. Amen, church? Youth, amen? Another important thing to have a good good relationship with God is obedience. I liked that uh, this last... Uh, men's breakfast that we had, whoever came was pretty good. Um, they were talking about dating. And they asked about kind of like how back in the day, because like somebody asked, it was a dad that was said, how involved should I be inside, you know, my children's relationship? My son's 30, how do I kick him out of the house? Something like that. Uh, uh, but uh, that was really the question, but we dumbed it down a little bit. It wasn't asked that way. But there was something, uh, somebody, one of the pastors answered in this way. He was like, when I was, because uh, they were talking about that, you know, dating is okay in some circumstances and, you know, and there has to be some kind of um, boundary set. And he was saying that like, oh, when I was in Ukraine, you could only do it in a certain way. And that was you had to go to the pastor and say, hey, can I marry this guy? And he's like, that's kind of wild. That's not, he said, dicka, you know, like, that's just crazy. Like, that ain't cool. But he's like, I still obeyed. And he's like, I don't regret that I obeyed because that obedience has brought so much blessing into my life. And so obedience sometimes might seem like it's crazy, like it doesn't mean sense. What do you mean I can't go out? Everybody else is doing it. But it's going to be something that if you listen and if you obey, it'll be a huge blessing in your life. And obedience like when you obey your parents, let me tell you, when, when my sons obey me, man, we have a good relationship. Woo. I love them. I'm telling them a lot of things. There's no like, no like, you have to be dumb or something like that. You know, there's just love and everything. But when they disobey, their relationship is not there. I still love them. They kind of look at me a little bit different, but I still love them and I have to teach them out of my love the right way. And the relationship, that love, that connection that we have, it's not quite as, as, as good as when there's obedience. And same with God. There has to be obedience. Amen? Amen. I'm not going to get into the other um, points that I said I was going to cover, so I do apologize. But what I want to conclude with is... When we grow, when we mature, you know that answer that I told you about that seemed kind of out of, like, man, this just same exact answer. But let me tell you something. There were moments in my life where I did the 10-step process to get out of certain things, where I did the write-in-the-book workbook to 
get someplace spiritually or maturity. And this is me personally telling you right now that the greatest thing that actually did help me is prayer and reading the Bible. Prayer specifically has so much power. It is incredible how much power prayer has. And if you're doubting, if there's some doubt that you have, check the relationship that you have with God. Check, are you obedient to his word? Do you follow his word? And number three, if you do doubt, as we read in Matthew 11, how John the Baptist sent his Uh, sent his disciples to Jesus to ask if he was really the Savior, the Messiah. With your doubts, come to Jesus. Don't be afraid because Jesus, let me tell you something, he can handle your doubts. And I don't want to sound like I'm old school or something, and I don't want to give you some kind of three-step process like jump this high, open up the Bible, read this scripture, and say amen, and your doubts are going to be gone. I'm going to tell you that with your doubts, you have to pray, you have to read the Bible, and then you mature out of them. There's certain questions that I still have today that I had when I asked that brother when I was uh, when I was 21. And let me tell you something, that with maturity, with maturity, You just don't really care about those questions even when you don't have the answer. You're like, I don't really care that I don't understand this because I know Jesus. I know that you're real and I know what you did in my life and nothing could have ever done that in my life. And because some things that I cannot answer doesn't mean that there are no answers there. I believe that Jesus does have an answer. But because I don't see that answer right now, It doesn't mean that I'm going to stop believing. I said that I had a praise report today about going in a difficult time in our life, and it was very difficult. We kind of kept it to ourselves, but it was a difficult time. But now we see, after about a year and a half, we see that there's light on the other side. We see that we're getting out of the situations that we were in, and God's blessing us, and God's anointing us. And not once, and, I, and I'm not here boasting, and not once did I not think that God wasn't going to show us his grace and his mercy. All I said is, God, when? God, when? You promised. I'm waiting. God doesn't mind, actually, if you say that. He's cool with that because he could handle that. So if you're going through doubts today, I want to tell you that there is a way out. John the Baptist doubted. Mary, the mother of Jesus, doubted when the angel came up to her and said, you are going to carry the Son of God. But how? But how, God, how? What do you mean? That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm a virgin, but how? And then you know what she did? She gave it all to Jesus. And she said, I am your servant. I am your servant. 
She gave it all to Jesus. Even when she didn't fully understand it, she gave it all to Jesus and said, I am your servant. And that's the next thing that we do, right? We pray. We have read the Bible. And if there's things that we don't understand, we say, God, I'm your servant. I glorify you. And here it is. I don't, I'm not going to really worry about this anymore. I'm not going to really think about it anymore. I give it into your hands because I know in your hands you can deal with it. I know in your hands it is going to be held there. And at one moment in my life, you will answer this. Maybe it's not even going to be here in this life. Maybe it's going to be in the afterlife. But I know that when I give it to you and I glorify your name and I praise your name, it's the right way to go. Amen? Amen. Let us stand up and pray.